It's the Morning Rush. Good morning. I'm Matt Harris in for Bill Carroll. He is out on the COVID protocol list. We expect he'll be back tomorrow, but you've got me until the end of this show at least. Story out of Manitoba here. A guy says he was fired. He works for a pharmaceutical company. Fired for refusing to disclose his COVID-19 vaccination status and suing his employer for wrongful termination. I know there's a lot of these stories floating around, and I'm curious now as we start heading back to work, what happens to the people, and, you know, we're starting to lift some vaccine mandates. What happens to people that were let go because of that? Lior Samfiru is on the line. You know him well. He's a national co-managing partner at Samfiru Tumarkin LLP. He's not part of this case in, in particular, but I thought it'd be a good conversation to have. Good morning, Lior. Good morning, Matt. So... Let's start just in in general for people that would have been let go because they refused to get vaccinated or refused to disclose their status of their vaccination. I'm sure you're getting a lot of calls there, but does anything change now that some of the vaccine mandates that some of the employers have put in place are starting to expire? So the question that individuals have to ask themselves when it comes to these vaccine mandates is whether the mandate was the employer's choice or whether the employer uh, was forced to do it by way of government order, government mandate. If the government says to an employer, you have to have these mandates in the workplace, well, in that situation, an employer can let an employee go without compensation because, again, the employer doesn't have a choice. Keep in mind, Matt, those types of government mandates have been extremely rare and they're becoming even less so, as you said, because uh, we're now looking to open things up and less mandates. But where the government has no, not implemented a mandate, but the employer says, I don't care about that. I want to implement my own mandate in the workplace, and I'm going to let employees go that don't comply with it. Well, that's very different. In that situation, the employees that are let go because of their vaccine status are going to be owed compensation, are going to be owed severance. That could be as much as two years' pay because of the fact that the employer was not required to do it, because that wasn't an existing term of employment. So we always have to go back to what the government has said and what mandate they've implemented. And so you're probably starting to see, a, well, I'm sure you've the last year has probably been dominated by a lot of calls like this. It's been unbelievable. Uh, and I, I mean this uh, sincerely over the past six, seven months or so. Uh, we've been, just my firm alone, we've been contacted by thousands of people across Canada uh, in this situation where they've been let go, threatened with being let go, or just put on an indefinite leave because of their vaccine status. And a lot of these individuals, and certainly a lot of these employers, don't understand and appreciate that these employees may have entitlements. They may be owed compensation. And a lot of these cases now are going through the legal system. Now, what? so let's start with being placed on leave, like you mentioned there. Is that different than being terminated outright? Well, the law actually looks at it as the same thing. If you're put on an unpaid leave, you're not working, you're not getting paid, you don't know when or if you'll be called back to work, the employee has the right to treat that situation as a termination. We call that constructive dismissal. That means that if you're not let go, but you're off work, you can say, no, employer, by doing this, by putting me on this leave, you've essentially terminated me. Now I'm owed uh, compensation, I'm owed severance. So legally, actually, Matt, they're the same thing. And then you're entitled to the same kind of severance that you would you would get in the meantime. Can we talk about, the, in this case in particular, and I'm sure this has happened a lot, this guy says he was working from home and he wasn't dealing with any customers or any coworkers. Have you been contacted by people that say, listen, I'm, I'm working from home, but I was told to give in my VAC status and that doesn't seem to make sense to me? 
Yeah, and you know, this every time I see this, I, I shake my head even more vigorously because I, I don't get it. Obviously, employers have been justifying vaccine mandates by saying, you know, we need this for the safety of the workplace, the safety of all the workers. So regardless of what you think of vaccines, obviously you can understand that idea. Well, that idea doesn't apply where someone is not at work, working remotely, where they're, what they're doing at home won't impact the workplace. I'm going to give you an example that I think puts this into context. A lot of employers have uh, anti-perfume policies in the workplace because some people may be sensitive to that, and they say, if you want to work here, you can't wear perfume. Very common. Well, can you imagine if an employer says to an employee that works remotely, hey, employee, if you're going to wear perfume at your own home, we're going to let you go. Well, that makes no sense. There's no point. There's nothing achieved or accomplished there. Well, the same thing in that situation. So I think as tough as it's going to be anyway for employers to, to justify vaccine policies, it's going to be, I would say, almost impossible to justify these policies as relates to remote employees. So I really don't get what that employer in Manitoba uh, is doing and, and other, other employers like it. Reminds me of, we were talking, it's the most obscure stories that always make the headlines, right? But we were talking about the story of uh, a boss that was mandating everyone wear masks on the Zoom call, no matter where you were. So you had people that were like, you know, working from their dining room, having to wear a mask because the boss thought everyone should wear a mask on the Zoom call. Like some people just lose their mind with these types of things. Well, and you got to think, what are you trying to accomplish? What does that do? How does that help promote the safety, the well-being of the workplace? The reality is it doesn't. So it's one thing to implement a policy like that, but to, to try to then justify a termination for cause for not complying, that's just completely offside, keeping in mind that you can only terminate someone for cause, i.e. without compensation, if they're guilty of the most severe of misconducts. So someone not wearing a mask at home, as you say, or, or not getting a vaccine when they're not in the workplace could simply never rise to that level. Could somebody who worked in, a, let's say, a healthcare setting and had to go in every day and refused a vaccine be in that category? Certainly, the more, uh, the more sensitive, if you will, your role is, the more, uh, at, the more you deal with at-risk uh, individuals, the easier it's going to be to justify uh, an employer-imposed vaccine mandate. But even that, you know, you mentioned hospitals. We know that in Ontario, the Ontario government uh, earlier this year or late last year took a long, hard look at hospitals and you know, did consultation and decided, you know what, we do not need uh, vaccine mandates in hospital. That was a very public thing. So if the government that specifically, specifically looked at that says, no, it's not necessary, but the employer, the hospital decides to do it anyway, I'm going to suggest to you that that employee that may lose their job is still owed compensation because of all the situation. But certainly I would definitely see the argument in a hospital setting when someone is interacting with, with patients, with uh, maybe elderly individuals, that it's certainly going to be easier for an employer, for the hospital, to justify its mandate. Uh, but if we're talking about someone that's never in the workplace, works in front of their laptop 100 miles away, that just simply doesn't make any sense. And I mean, listen, I'm talking to you as someone that's fully vaccinated and had no issue showing it to the company when they asked for it. But I do think it's interesting to see kind of where companies have fallen over, over the last couple of years because it seems like some of them have just kind of dropped common sense a bit. Well, yeah, and, and I'm in the same boat. I'm vaccinated fully, and, and certainly I've been encouraging people to get vaccinated as well. But the law is the law. 
You know, the law doesn't really care about individuals' views. The law is going to look at certain terms, like existing terms of employment, whether a policy is completely necessary. And I think it's going to be very difficult for employers to justify these policies. And, and you're right, you really have to think long and hard as an employer. Can you do something legally? Are you, uh, do you have obligations to an employee? And ultimately, what are you trying to accomplish with these policies, as opposed to it being just a, a knee-jerk type of a reaction? Now, if someone comes to you and they've been let go because of this vaccination issue and they want to pursue something, what's the end game for, for most people? Is it uh, some kind of settlement? Is it getting them their job back? Like, What are we, what are we talking about here? So, you know, what, what almost surprised me, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, is that uh, oftentimes when we've approached employers on behalf of employees, uh, in those situations, employers said, okay, okay, we'll back off, let them come back to work. I think realizing that what they've done is legally incorrect. So there is that option. Uh, for most employees, though, these matters will resolve. Keep in mind that 99% of cases, certainly these types of cases, don't actually make it in front of a judge or, or into a courtroom. They settle. So, yes, the majority of cases have and will continue to settle uh, off court, out of court, with a financial settlement where some financial amount is negotiated on behalf of the employee. That's what the law provides. At the end of the day, the law can only compensate someone with money. There's, the law can't make an employer do anything. So that's probably end game for most people. But you are getting a lot of offers, though, from employers. They're like, oh, let's just, you know, you can come back, have your job back. It's all good. My bad. Yeah, yeah. That's surprising. Especially over the past month or so when uh, governments have said, you know, maybe we don't really need vaccine mandates. A lot of employers are following suit and either backing off on their policies or completely reversing them and calling employees back to work. What's interesting, Matt, though, is a lot of employees are telling me, well, wait a second. Now I don't really trust this employer. I may not want to go back because I'm afraid, you know, if it happens again, if there's another wave and now they implement a new policy, I don't want to be in this situation. And I think that is a valid point for employees to make. Or maybe you just, and I, I mean, I hate to say this, but maybe you just have a target on your back for some other unrelated issue. And I know that's a bit of a tough, tough one for employers, but you never really know, right? You'd be worried well, that something, they'd find something else on you, I guess. Yeah, so, so your stature and, and your status in the workplace, workplace may be impacted. And the other thing, which again, I think is legitimate, is an employee now is going to say, well, now everyone in the workplace knows my vaccine status. Everyone in the workplace may think that I'm some, uh, you know, outrageous, unreasonable, crazy person. Uh, even though that may not at all be true, how comfortable is that, is that going to be for me to continue working? I've been flagged that way. And again, I think that is a legitimate consideration for employers and for employees that are all of a sudden being called back to work as if nothing happened. As people, just before I let you go, as people are being called back into work and, you know, we're seeing it at offices all around, some people being called back in a more hybrid model or some people being called back for their full 40 hours a week. If people are maybe feeling a bit uncomfortable going back to work, is there any legal uh, things they should know to protect them if they feel like they're going back into an unsafe environment? So it's a, it's a great question, Matt. And now that things are opening up, an employer can expect their employees to go back to pre-COVID arrangements. So if your job pre-COVID was 40 hours a week in the office, your employer can require you to do that so long as that the employer is doing what it's supposed to in terms of ensuring safety of the workplace based on what government regulations are. 
But for an employee to say, well, objectively, I'm just not comfortable. I, I want to work at home because I feel safer. Unfortunately, that's not enough. And an employee that refuses to go back to their pre-COVID arrangements may be considered to have resigned their employment. So it's important to have that discussion with your employer. Oftentimes, a, a compromise can be agreed to, you know, maybe with a hybrid model. It's not enough to simply say, I'm not comfortable. I think a lot of those conversations, if they haven't already be had, they'll be have, being had in the next month or so. So appreciate this today, Lior. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Matt. All the best. Lior Samfiru, partner at Samfiru to Mark and LLP on just, well, first on vaccinated stuff and then the conversation about going back to work. It's the morning rush. Matt Harrison for Bill Carroll. Good morning.